Well, good morning. Welcome to our Life Group Hour this week via live stream. We're so glad you decided to join us, and we hope that uh, these roundtable discussions have been a blessing to you. Uh, They certainly have been an encouragement to uh, Pastor and I as we uh, gather and study and try to be an encouragement to you all. Uh, Today we're going to start looking at a few topics that we feel will be a help to you uh, as you try to witness to folks and try to encourage folks to uh, receive the uh, the Lord as their Savior, and there are some some hindrances. There are some roadblocks to that in some cases, and hopefully we'll be able to help you, uh, equip you to have some answers for those folks that have specific questions. Uh, one of the things we're going to look at, uh, as a matter of fact, this morning, Pastor, we're going to look at uh, is the Bible the Word of God. Now, obviously, we believe that, uh, but we want to know why we believe that. We want you to know why. Uh, so you can communicate to others why you believe the Bible is the Word of God, uh, and not the Quran, and uh, not the Book of Mormon, but the Scriptures, the, the Word of God, the Judeo-Christian uh, book that God has given to us. Uh, also, some other things we're going to look at, not today, in, in the future here, is uh, will God, or how can God, allow someone uh, who lived in an uncivilized nation or place that never heard the name of Jesus or never uh, saw a Bible, uh, never saw a church or a preacher, how can God allow someone like that uh, to go to hell? And so we'll be discussing that in the, in the coming weeks. Uh, one of the other topics we'll, we'll be looking at is why do bad things happen to good people? Uh, these are common problems or roadblocks for people to receive Christ as their Savior, and we're hoping maybe we can uh, answer those questions for you and, and equip you with answers for them. And one of the other topics we're going to look at is uh, I, why can I or I want to earn my way to heaven? And I want to do the work. I want to do uh, what, what is necessary in order to earn salvation. And so hopefully we can help you in the next coming weeks, and hopefully this morning will be a blessing. And, uh, Pastor, we're so glad that uh, you decided to do this roundtable discussion. I think uh, it was a great idea. We've gotten a lot of good feedback from this, and I know everyone that I've spoken to has said, uh, they, they really enjoy it. And have you heard uh, some feedback about the roundtable discussions? It's been all positive. Amen. Uh, it's been pulling teeth a little bit to get people to give us discussion topics. Sure. But I, had a, uh, I did have someone finally text me after we had met about this mm-hmm. with some ideas. And yeah. uh, the ideas that they had suggested were the long, along <clears throat> the lines of the Christian home. Sure. And I told them that we're going to be starting series this morning and this evening on the Christian home. Amen. But I just want to start by asking you how you were doing. I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Amen. I'm doing great. I'm enjoying doing this with you. Amen. It's been, it's been a blessing. I've, I've enjoyed it myself, and uh, I'm looking forward to this morning's topic. But uh, as per usual, uh, let's start with a word of prayer if Amen. we can, and then we'll get right into the topic this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you, and Lord, we thank you for giving us your word. We thank you, dear God, for inspiring it, for preserving it, Lord, for allowing us, Lord, to be able to have it uh, in our possession and, Lord, what a, what a precious treasure it is to us, uh, what a guiding light it has been in all of our lives. And we pray, dear Father, that you would please uh, help us to understand uh, the truth uh, in your word, about your word. Uh, help our people, dear God, the, the people that are connected to White Oak Baptist Church, Lord, to, to learn maybe uh, not uh, brand new things, Lord, but maybe something that will help them uh, as they minister and they try to witness for your kingdom and for your glory. Lord, be with Pastor and I as we speak. Help us to be an encouragement and a blessing. Help us to honor you. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So the first uh, verse of Scripture that I want us to look at, Pastor, is 2 Timothy chapter number 3, uh, verses 16 and 17. And most of you probably knew that we would be uh, looking at these particular verses. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. Did I say 1 Timothy the first time? I'm not sure. I don't know. Sometimes I do that. I say first instead of second. Uh, and my wife always corrects me on the way home. Amen. Does your wife do that to you? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. At times. Amen. You made this mistake. It's like she keeps a list. <laughs> anyway, Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. The Bible says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. So, several things that we need to consider, right? Uh, we... We want to know, all human beings, all people want to know the answers to these questions, right? Um, where did I come from? Why am I here? Where am I going once I leave earth? And how do I get there? Mm-hmm. Those are common questions that every person has in their mind at some point in time in their life. And the thing is, we can, uh, we can try to deduce, we can try to figure out things by reasoning with our minds, uh, and trying to develop, you know, how can I figure that out, right? Well, it's, we're kind of limited to be able to figure those things out if we're just using our own reasoning or our own thinking. Uh, the other thing is uh, experience. We can say, well, uh, if I uh, go and experience certain things or I uh, attempt to uh, delve into the supernatural or the spiritual realm to try to figure things out, well, again, that's very dangerous as well. Uh, we, we can't figure it out on our own. And God knows that, and God knew that, and so he gave us, instead of us trying to figure it out, he gave us a road map. He gave us the Word of God. He gave us uh, his, his scriptures, and he gave us what's called divine revelation. It's divine revelation. It's, it's what um, I heard one speaker say, he called it, it's alien. It's not from this world. It's from extraterrestrial, so to speak. And so uh, we need divine revelation. Now, I'm going to share some quotes uh, with you uh, of people that are prominent in our culture, in our country, uh, that have a high regard for the Word of God. George Washington, the first president of the United States, uh, you've heard this quote, I'm sure. He says, it is impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. Boy, we sure uh, wish that we had more political leaders that would uh, live this this quote, right, Uh, in our day and age. Uh, John Quincy Adams said this, uh, quote, So great is my reverence of the Bible that the earlier my children begin to read it, the more confident will my hope, uh, will be rather my hope that they will prove useful citizens of their country and respectable members of society. Uh, again, these are men uh, who are, are part of our, our heritage, uh, part of the heritage of this country, and uh, people who try to say this country was not built on a, a Christian foundation, a biblical foundation. Uh, they're, uh, they're revising history is what they're doing because this country was based on the Bible, was started on, uh, on Christian principles. Dwight D. Eisenhower said this, To read the Bible is to take a trip to a fair land where the spirit is strengthened and faith renewed. Again, uh, they had a high regard for the word of God for the Bible. Uh, I have a quote here uh, from a non-believer, uh, from a, a secular leader, uh, and uh, Napoleon said this regarding the Bible. He said, the Bible is no mere book. It is a living creature 
with a power that conquers all that oppose it. And so we see not just Christian leaders, not just Christian politicians, but we see even secular, uh, unsaved uh, uh, political leaders who have a respect and a regard for the Word of God. And so we've got several points here, Pastor, that we've uh, put together that we feel uh, will help our White Oak Baptist Church folks uh, understand and, and once again just uh, reassert to them, uh, reconfirm in their hearts that the Bible is the revelation from God. The first one is that the Bible itself claims to be the Word of God. Uh, we got several scriptures here that we'd like to share, Pastor. Uh, if you don't mind, could you read for us First uh, Thessalonians chapter number 2 uh, and verse number 13? And if you're at home uh, following along, we'd love for you to join us and, and look there in your, in your Bible and, and read these scriptures along with us. First Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13, Pastor, if you will. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. It says, he's saying there, you didn't receive what we wrote to you, what we gave to you as our words. You received them as the very words of God himself. Even though those were words that were written by those men, they said this was God speaking through us. To you. Uh, yes. And, uh, and we need to understand that this whole thing uh, with regards to the Bible and inspiration, that's a, a tremendous, tremendous truth uh, in the Word of God. I like to tell our, our uh, folks in the discipleship course, of course, we've discussed some of this, and we like to say that uh, God is the author and he used human writers. I know I've heard preachers, and I've said it, I'm sure you've said it, uh, where we refer to the author of a book. And, and I, always, I always say, well, we understand that the Holy Spirit is the author, the men are the writers. And so God uses the men uh, and, and women in some cases, he uses them as his instrument, as his pen, as his uh, quill, so to speak. Uh, but it, they are the words of God. Uh, in First Peter chapter 1, uh, verses 23 and 25, or 23 through 25, rather, First uh, Peter chapter 1, verses 23 through 25. Again, this is the word of God itself claiming to be the divine revelation from God. First uh, Peter chapter 1, verses 23 through 25. Pastor, would you mind reading that for us? Are you there? I can read it. Okay. It says, um, being born again, not of incorruptible, or not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which, uh, which by the gospel is preached unto you. Amen. The word of the Lord will endure forever, and this is that word. It's incorruptible. It's incorruptible. He's saying this is the exact words that we're talking about, what we're writing to you. Uh, and again, the, this is so important for us to understand. Because the word of God claims to be divine. It claims to be heavenly. It claims to be not of this world. Second uh, Peter chapter 1 and verse number 21. Pastor, if you'll read that for us. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Holy men of God spake as they were moved. That, that brings us back to that inspiration thing. Uh, that word uh, inspired in Second Timothy chapter three and verse sixteen, uh, it's 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 it means God breathed. 
That's what that word means. It means that God breath. He he spoke the words through uh, those writers. A lot of a lot of <coughs> employers will dictate a letter and yes. have a secretary type it out. Yes. And at the end of that letter, uh, the the secretary will put their initials mm-hmm. next to the name. Yeah. And God wrote the Bible. And man just pinned it down. That's right. That's right. Amen. I, I often, and that's a great, a great illustration for that truth. I often say to folks, I say, you know, I, I play the trumpet. You know that. You've seen me play a little bit here and there, and I haven't played in a while. But nonetheless, uh, the trumpet, okay, or any wind instrument, or any instrument for that matter, is exactly that. It's the instrument, right? The instrument makes the sound, but the musician makes the music. Because you can take someone who's... Uh, an amateur and give them a particular instrument and, you know, it'll sound okay. In some cases, it may not sound okay. <laughs> but if you take that same instrument and you give it to a professional musician, that exact same instrument yeah. can sound completely yeah. different. And so, again, the whole premise is the instrument just makes the sounds, just like the writers just write the, the words. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, they, they actually pen the words, but God is the one that's writing the, the word, he's giving them the words to write. Right. Uh, and that's, that's important. Uh, we have one in our notes here that the Bible claims to quote God word for word at least 3,000 times. At least 3,000 times. Comments like, thus saith the Lord. Well, if the Lord didn't say thus, then someone's lying. That's right. Right? Uh, <laughs> so that's important. Uh, other comments or statements in Scripture that we see, uh, the word of the Lord came unto whether it's Isaiah, Jeremiah, Jonah, whomever it might be, right. uh, that's saying that God is saying these words. Uh, and other statements we'll find in Scripture. God, through whatever prophet, said thus. Again, and, and we're just being generic, but we've seen these kinds of statements in Scripture, which is saying, hey, these are God's words. Yeah. These are God's words. Uh, the Bible is either the actual words of God, or it's the most well-concocted lie in the history of mankind. Yeah, there's no middle ground. There's no middle ground. Either it is exactly what it claims to be, or it is it is a big, fat lie. Bold-faced lie, no you, doubt. You can't pick a middle ground, and yeah. a lot of people try to do that. It's yeah. a good book. You know, it, it has it good principles. Good advice. Yeah. Uh, they kind of take the same ground with Jesus. Yes. He was a good man, but mm-hmm. he wasn't God. No, mm-hmm. either Jesus was a liar or he was God. That's right. Either this book is true or That's it's a right. lie. There's no, there's no room for Absolutely. middle Absolutely. ground. Absolutely. And so, uh, you know, so the Bible says these are the words of God. And so we can't say, well, uh, you know, I like the thoughts or I like the principles or I like the teachings. Uh, listen, we can't, we can't, like you said, there's no middle ground. It's either the word of God or it's not. Someone's not being honest if, if, if we're saying, well, I don't believe it's the word of God, but I do like, no, no, no. You become your own authority at that point, right? You're the ultimate authority. You decide what's right and what's wrong, or what's good or what's bad. And, and that's what a lot of people in our society are doing today. They're being their own final authority. Yep. Uh, and that's scary. That's scary. Uh, so the Bible itself claims, uh, refers to itself as the law of God, the testimonies of God, the ways of God, the precepts, precepts rather of God, the statutes of God, the commandments of God, the judgments of God, and the word of God. So it over and over and over again claims to be the word of God. Uh, now consider this. Okay, this is I, I love this this comparison here. No dishonest man, a man who's dishonest, a man who's a liar, a man who's a deceiver, a man who's a cheater, a man who's uh, you know just conniving. 
No dishonest man could have written such a powerful, edifying, life-changing book with such uh, uplifting principles. Right? You would agree that no dishonest man... That would be... (laughs) Yeah. It's impossible. If you're a dishonest person, you're not going to write a book that contains such rich, powerful, hard-hitting truths. Exactly. So we say, okay, it couldn't have been a liar that put this together. But also, no honest man, all right, not no dishonest man could have written it, but also no honest man could have written it because, again, as we just previously stated, if he says, thus saith the Lord, he would be lying. And that would make him a dishonest man. And that would make him a... Back in the first camp. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And so, so, go ahead. Yeah, so it's sort of the same principle of the Pharisees saying to Jesus, he casts out, about Jesus, he casts out, devils by the power of the devil yeah and jesus said a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand that's right you're not going to write the bible as a dishonest man that would divide that would cut against the very nature of trying to get people to be dishonest that's right that's right so no dishonest man could have written it and no honest man could have written it so obviously uh, we understand that it, it must be not a man that wrote it but God himself. So the, the biggest issue we find when we use this <coughs> argument mm-hmm. that uh, the Bible claims to be the word of God mm-hmm. is that people say, well, just because a book claims yeah. Yeah. to be true doesn't necessarily make it true. Yeah. And they'll say, well, where is your outside proof uh-huh. that the Bible is, uh, is, is really what it claims to be? Yes. So don't use circular reasoning, yeah, as they would they say. say. That's right. what they would say. Circular, you can't use... The book itself to prove that the book is right. And, and we understand that point, okay? Uh, hence why we have outside reasons that are perfectly understandable and reasonable to understand that this book is divine. Uh, and so that leads us to point number two. Uh, point number two. And Pastor, you stop me if I'm, if I'm going too fast, too slow, no, uh, if you want to cut in at, at any point. Uh, so the first one is the Bible itself claims to be the Word of God. The second point uh, lends to what Pastor is referring to here is outside the Bible. How can we know that the Bible is the Word of God? The second point we want to focus on is the fact that the Bible itself uh, has perfect harmony, uh, no discrepancies, uh, no no problems as far as uh, 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 the harmony of it. Even though it was written by f- more than 40 writers, uh, it was written over a 1,500-year period. It was written by people who were on different continents. It was written by not only people who were on different continents, different cultures. Uh, they also, in, in, uh, in certain cases, they wrote it in different languages. And so the Bible itself has perfect harmony, no contradictions, no discrepancies, in spite of all these uh, variables. Now, we were talking before we started. You had an illustration I'd love for you to share with yeah, us. Yeah, no, and, and I've shared this in church before, mm-hmm. but considering that half of you are asleep while I'm preaching, this would be new material for you. <laughs> um, but if I were to pull 40 of you uh, that are, attend here that are like-minded, and I were to sit you down and say, we're going to write a book on immigration reform, and I assigned all of you a different chapter, and I said, uh, you can have limited cooperation with each other, and we're going to take your chapters and put them all together at the end. And uh, is, is there any possibility that there wouldn't be at least one co- contradiction of thought, of philosophy? Is there any possibility that, that people would pull facts from two different places yeah. and those facts would yeah. collide? Yeah. Uh, it, it, it would be, I'm going to say it would be impossible to write a book I would agree. of that nature. And yes. how much more complicated are the 
are all of the topics covered in the Bible than immigration reform, and they all sink in perfect harmony. Amen. The only way for that to happen and for all of this to not be fractured yeah. is if it really was just written by one person Amen. and then handed out to these 40 people to yeah. just simply pin down the words. Amen. I, I heard um, uh, someone say that before the first word was spoken on earth, the last word of Scripture had been completed oh, in wow. heaven. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that statement. That's a tremendous statement. And you're right. Uh, the, the possibility, the, it would be absolutely impossible. And you're talking about taking a group of 40 people from the same country, from the same culture, from the same church, yep. uh, from, and, and they would not completely harmonize together 100%. It's impossible. And take 40-plus writers from different countries, different cultures, different times. 1,500 years. 1,500 years. You, you I mean, have a list here. Free and bond, kings and servants, murderers, prophets, priests, farmers, rich men, and poor men. Yes. Can you get a more diverse? Is, is, it was as though God was saying, let me see how complicated I can make this and, and still show how perfect the Scripture is. Yes. Amen. So, Amen. And, and I have challenged people. I've been out... Um, I've been out soul winning where I've been witnessing to people and at times I've had folks uh, who go to the church bring me their atheist friends and Mm -hmm. atheist friends have questions. Mm -hmm. I remember once I was with my family in a Chick-fil-A in North Haven and I overheard some guys uh, ripping their friend apart who's a Christian. Mm. And so I got up and I went and sat down next to the friend who was just just getting destroyed by his atheist buddies. And I came to his rescue. Yeah. And I spent, my family didn't like it, but I spent the next hour and a half <laughs> helping them understand that their, their logic was flawed. Yeah. And one of the things that uh, the guys said to me, and again, you've heard this, I've heard uh-huh. this many times, is there are contradictions in the Bible. Yeah. And uh, so I pulled out, I went to my car and got my Bible, and I set it down on the table in front of them. I said, show, show me, me yeah. one contradiction. Yeah. And they couldn't do it. Of course not. So... Um, how was that possible? Mm. And, and again, there is an element of faith. Yes, of There's course. There's an element of faith when it comes to accepting the Bible as the Word of God. Mm-hmm. We weren't there to see the men write it. Yes. Right? Uh, but it's not all faith. There's plenty of facts here. That's right. Both the, the claims the book makes and then uh, the, um, uh, the, the evidence, the outside evidence that helps mm-hmm. point to that. Amen. So it's perfectly harmonious in spite of all the possibilities that it should... The reasons it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be uh, in perfect harmony, but it is. So let me, let me throw something at you here, yeah, go ahead. Morales, because I'm sure you've heard this argument, and no doubt if our folks are going to try to help their friends around this roadblock, uh, some of them are going to hear this argument. And mm-hmm. so without getting into the weeds of you know, Bible translation, sure. um, the argument that the Word of God in its original manuscript was inspired, mm-hmm. but how would we still have a copy of it in perfect form sure, all sure. these years later. Mm-hmm. And they'll say the Word of God was perfect, yeah. but it isn't perfect anymore. Sure. Have you heard that before? That is a very common statement, yes. So what would you offer um, our people, our listeners, uh, to help with that? So <clears throat> the Bible tells us in uh, Psalm chapter number 12, we were uh, looking this up earlier, uh, in Psalm chapter number 12, verses 6 and 7, the Bible is very clear, uh, where God promised that he would preserve and so that, that takes us from inspiration, God inspired it, he spoke it, uh, they wrote it, he spoke it, to preservation. So preservation basically means uh, that God promised that 
he will, in spite of different cultures, in spite of uh, different technology, in spite of all the changes that happen in our world, uh, all of the differences that take place, God says the word of God will always be on planet Earth somewhere. And he promised that. In Psalm chapter number 12, verse 6 and 7, the Bible says the words of the Lord are pure words as silver tried in a furnace of earth purified seven times. Thou, speaking of God, thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. Forever. And so God says that the word will be among us forever. It will always be. Okay, here's, here's an argument. There was a, uh, a point in time where God uh, gave to Jeremiah. He spoke uh, right in the scroll, right in the scroll. And he wrote it in the scroll. They took that to, I believe it was the king at the time. Uh, he didn't want to hear it. They threw it in the fire. That was an original manuscript, right? He wrote it in a scroll. It was an original manuscript from God. It was destroyed. God went back and said to Jeremiah, write again in another scroll the same words that were in the previous scroll. Now, that's God preserving his words. And so, again, if we want to, if we want to go with the original manuscripts argument, the original manuscripts are not even anywhere on planet Earth. No one, we don't know where they are. There's They're not gone. A single copy of a There's single not a single copy. Anywhere. Exactly. So God purposefully and in his sovereignty made sure that it was copied, that it was preserved the way that it was copied, the way that it was transferred from one scroll to another scroll uh, was perfect in its preservation. Yeah, so <clears throat> Jesus had promised in Matthew 5.18 that not a single jot or tittle, which is the smallest letter and then the smallest punctuation mm-hmm. mark, would, would, would be lost. And so Jesus Christ himself made us that guarantee. Yeah. The other thing I would say is that how, what is more complicated, getting a book from heaven to earth or keeping that book preserved on earth? Mm. If God is powerful enough to get it to us, clearly Amen. he's powerful enough to keep it for us. Amen. Um, good point. Very good point. So we believe that the Bible is both inspired uh, and preserved. Preserved. And those are key uh, ingredients in your Christian repertoire. You need to know, you need to understand uh, these concepts of inspiration and preservation. And the Word of God will be on planet Earth forever, God says. And so we, uh, we have it among us. So people can't say, well, it's in the original. Well, the originals no, no longer exist. Uh, and so will God allow them to disappear just because the originals are no longer around? Will he allow the word of God to no, no longer be available to man? Of course not, as yeah. you mentioned. And so that's, that's very important. Uh, so we see that the word of God claims to be divine revelation from the Lord. Uh, we see that it has perfect harmony in spite of all the reasons why it should not uh, be in perfect harmony. Uh, let's look at some scientific proofs. Now, this is, of all of what we have here, this is my favorite point. Okay, amen. This so, is really good. this is looking outside of the Bible yeah. uh, and confirming the Bible. Because I like to say this, and I guess I can't use hyperbole. I can't use it. Science always proves the Bible. But I believe that in many cases, and most of the time, if there's something that's discovered that's new scientific information... Almost always, it proves something that's already in Scripture. Well, let me just throw this in here. Mm-hmm. We have learned from this coronavirus that the science is always changing. Yes. Now, the facts are not changing, but that's the right. observation of what's going on uh, is, is constantly being revised. Amen. The Word of God doesn't get revised. That's right. The Word of God says what it says. That's right. 
And what we find in, in what we'll cover here mm -hmm. is that science is continually catching up to the Bible. That's right. And, and you're right. Science does change and science does adjust. Uh, and so we got to be careful of those out there who will say that, you know, science, I believe in science and science to them is the final authority. And and uh, it's it's the attitude of show me and I'll believe Yeah. where the Bible says the exact opposite. God says, believe and I'll show you. Right. Uh, faith comes first. Believing comes first. No doubt there's some amount of fact collecting before mm -hmm. you take that faith. Leap. Sure. Sure. But you'll never fully get the facts yeah. until you make the faith leap. Here's a good, a good uh, quote that I heard a preacher say that goes right along with that. He says, if we try to understand, let's see here, if we try to understand salvation before we're saved, we will lose our soul. If you try to figure it out, right, oh. before you're saved, you'll lose your soul. But if you try to understand God after you're saved, you'll lose your mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Right, so well, you, we've met people in both camps, haven't we? Yes, we certainly have. And so again, you you can't figure everything out, uh, but there are some things that make it obviously clear that this book is divine, that this book is not of human authorship. All right, and so one of those scientific proofs that we have written down here, you all may have heard this before. I'm sure you have in many cases uh, that the Earth is round. That's not controversial. <laughs> The earth really is round. <laughs> if any of you out there are flat earthers, uh, just know we love you, okay? Uh, but the earth is round. I, I know that uh, I believe Kyrie Irving, uh, a basketball player, NBA basketball player at one point, I don't know if he still does, but he believed that the earth was that. flat. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, there, there, I've, I've heard of some Christians that are buying into that. Yeah, and there's, there's, I've heard of a, a famous rapper. I think his name was B.O.B. or Bob or who knows what. I don't know. Bob. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was an, it was an acronym, I think, okay. for something I don't know what. But he believed, you know, he was a proponent of the Earth being flat. But we understand that uh, it's been proven scientifically. It's been proven uh, that the Earth is round, uh, according to the website Discovery.com. Pythagoras, okay, in 500 BC. Now that's a long time ago, okay? 500 BC. 500 years before Christ was yes. born. Yes. 500 B, that's a long time ago. Uh, he provides the earliest arguments for why the earth is round. Uh, he noted that the moon was also a sphere, and so it would follow that the earth is round as well. So uh, w this is the guy that we get the Pythagorean theorem from, or, or, you know, that, that formula that we use in math. Plus B yes, yes. Yeah. And so this guy was a smart fella, right? And so he says, hey, it's pretty obvious that the earth is round. Then around 350 B.C., and so this is, you know, 150 or so years later, Aristotle, now Aristotle uh, lived before the Lord Jesus Christ was on earth. Aristotle, whom we consider, at least in our, in our culture, we consider to be a, a philosopher, a, a very smart individual, right? Uh, he put forward uh, what was likely the physical evidence that the earth is round, according to the American Physical Society. He noted that the earth casts a round shadow on the moon during an eclipse. If the earth casts a round shadow, then it must be round. It must be a sphere. That would make sense. That would make sense. Now, here's the funny thing. Uh, these men in 500 B.C. and 350 B.C., and there's others that we could quote uh, of, of these many, many years, thousands of years ago, said this. But God had said it long before they had ever even dis you know, discovered it. In Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 22, the Bible says, It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, the circle of the earth. 
Now, Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, as we're told by Bible scholars, was written between 760 and 700 B.C. Now, if you understand the B.C. concept, okay, uh, the lower the number is, the, the re- more recent it is. Instead of like now, the numbers go up. Okay, you're counting down to Christ. That's so the right. The further you wait, way you get from Christ's birth, the bigger the number is. Exactly. So, so the book of Isaiah was written at least 150 to 200 years before Pythagoras said, hey, it sure looks like the earth is round. God had already said that. God had already claimed that. It's the circle of the earth. And so we see again that, as you mentioned earlier, Pastor, science catching up to the Bible. And that's, one, uh, that's a perfect example. Let's look at the next one. Okay? Uh, the universe, this is the, the first one was that the earth is round. Okay? The second one is the universe is ever expanding. The universe is ever expanding. What do we mean by that? Uh, Sir James Jeans was a physicist and an astronomer in the 1930s and 1940s. He was one of the men that fathered quantum physics. I'm not even going to begin to even... Uh, yeah, can you uh, break that down for Yeah, us? no, I'm not even going to be, uh, begin to pretend that I even know anything about quantum physics, okay? Uh, we're quoting information that we've, that we've studied, right? Uh, so he hypothesized uh, and mathematically proved that the heavens are stretched. They're stretched. Uh, the universe is ever-expanding. In scientific circles, uh, this is now an accepted fact. It's an accepted fact that the universe is ever-expanding. Uh, scientists will use uh, statements like the galaxies are moving away from our galaxy in every direction. Uh, they're moving out. They're pressing the edge. Uh, the universe is expanding. Okay. Now, again, these are people that are saying these statements and making these claims in the 1930s and 1940s. In the 20th century here. In the 20th century, yeah. right? Uh, and, again, we go back to the book of Isaiah, uh, verse number 22 of chapter 40 once again. Uh, it says, it is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, the earth is round, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretcheth out. It is he that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. God has already said in 760, 700 B.C. that the, the, the universe is expanding, that the universe is stretching. Uh, he's stretching out the heavens. Uh, man didn't discover that until the 20th century. Yeah. Uh, but God had already said it. God had already said and it. And it isn't that he just said it once. Isaiah 42, verse 5, two chapters later, Thus saith the God of heaven, he that created the heavens and stretched them out. Amen. Amen. So he, he, he not only said it once, he's saying it again and again yeah. and again. Jeremiah 10, verse 12, Isaiah 44, 24, the same language. Yes. Um, uh, is, uh, is laid out there for us. Yeah, that, that the universe is ever expanding. God knows that. God designed it. He's the one that made it. He's the one that causes it to do that. Uh, We just happen to find it out. We discover it after thousands of years that God had already said it was happening. There there has been a history of people mocking the science of the Bible only for science to catch up and people to accept the science of the Bible. That's exactly right. And we're going to see some of those here in in a few minutes. Uh, So the first example, the earth is round. The second example, the universe is ever expanding. The The third, rather, example of... Uh, science proof proving the Bible is that the earth is free floating in space. Uh, the earth is free floating in space. In other words, uh, it floats on its orbit. That's it. it, it as a matter of fact, uh, this, this fact was discovered by Nicolaus Copernicus in 1475. Uh, it was then that astronomers found that the earth hangs literally on nothing or it's free floating in space. Now you gotta understand, uh, philosophically, 
there were times where the Greeks at one point thought that the earth was held up on the shoulders of Atlas. Okay? Uh, I mean, it, we chuckle at that now. We think that's kind of ludicrous. But we've, all, we've all seen it. We've all yes. seen the sculptures of it. Yes. And people believe that at some point. Uh, there was a time when people, uh, the people of India, they believed that the earth was held on the back of an elephant. Uh, again, these are, uh, we, we look at these and we say, well, that's silly. That doesn't make any sense. But that's because we know that the earth uh, is free-floating in space because we've always been taught that since we were children. Uh, but there were times in the history of, of this world where people didn't know that. that Greek, Greek mythology and you know, all yeah. sorts of different uh, uh, theories that they came up with. And they're trying to figure it out. They're That's walking right. on this globe. And know? it goes back to what we said originally, the reasoning, the experience, which we can't they, figure it what out. What they can sense and what they can touch, what they can see. That's right. And, and uh, for it took them thousands of years to figure these things out. I, and the other uh, thing I, I want to mention here is that this adds further proof that man did not write the Bible. That's right. How would have, how would have man written down this science to only be discovered, yeah. uh, you know, thousands of years later? Now, you, the verse you have here to mm-hmm. offer is Job mm-hmm. twenty six seven. Uh, it says, "He stretcheth out the north over the empty space and hangeth the earth upon nothing. Amen. He hangeth the earth upon nothing." Uh, I don't know, uh, this isn't in these notes here. Mm-hmm. Pastor Morales was kind enough to put these notes together for sure, us. Sure, sure. I don't know if you know this, you, you probably do. Um, the book in the Bible, that is the oldest written book, is the mm-hmm. book of Job. No yes. doubt you know that. Yes. The book of Job contains more science than any other book of the Bible. Amen. God took the oldest book of the Bible to lay out the greatest amount of scientific fact. Moses, who wrote the book, we believe wrote the book, mm-hmm. must have been sitting there writing some of these things down saying, how is this even possible? This doesn't make any sense this to me. This is crazy. <laughs> and again, all of the science in the book of Job has yeah. called Proven up. out. That's right. Science has called up to the That's book That's right. Job. It's been proven to be true every single time. And we come back as, as uh, we become more te- technologically advanced and we become more intellectually advanced and we think that we're... You know, we're getting better and better, and, and we're figuring things out. And, yes, technologically, we are advanced. Okay, uh, but... God kind of scoffs at our technology. I exactly. I think he looks down and says, yeah, I knew all of this. You know, I'm the one that gave you the information. I'm the one that gave you the knowledge. I'm the one that gave you the ability to even uh, put the, the, the data together. Uh, I'm the one that gave you the data, you know, and so we have to remember that. So, once again, we see science catching up with the Bible. Uh, the earth is round. The, the universe is expanding. The earth is free-floating in space. Let's look at another example. Okay, Example number four. Uh, hand-washing for doctors. Hand-washing for doctors. Hand-washing and sanitizing hands, uh, doctors, before they do procedures today is, is common knowledge. It's commonplace. We all understand that. As a matter of fact, we're going through this, this whole coronavirus and COVID-19 and, and people are wearing masks and people are wearing gloves and people are being told wash your hands for 20 seconds or whatever it is, you know, uh, multiple times a day and so forth and so on. Why? Because we understand that germs, uh, they can not only uh, remain on our skin, but they can be transferred. And so we know that we're to wash our hands. And I have an illustration here, Pastor, that you used not too long ago in one of your sermons uh, about a time in, in the 1800s where that was not the case, where doctors were not washing their hands. And they were delivering babies, and women were dying left and right and left. I mean, they, they couldn't figure out why, because they would go from one procedure to the next without washing their hands. 
and they were transferring germs back and forth. If I remember the story right. They were doing autopsies on dead bodies in the morning mm. and then walking out of that, that area and then walking delivering and delivering babies after they had touched dead corpses and wondering why one out of every six women were dying. Yes. And then so finally... It wasn't more. <laughs> exactly. It's incredible that it wasn't more. And so finally, uh, one uh, investigator, one doctor, one scientist said, listen, we have got to wash our hands. Uh, and, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe he was scoffed at. Yep. Uh, he, he was made fun of. He was not believed. And eventually, science realized, oh, yes, we do need to wash our hands. There are these tiny little things called germs. Yes. You know, we need to make sure we offer the Bible verse that backs this. Uh, yes, this Leviticus verse. chapter 15 and verse number 13, uh, where the Bible says, And when he that hath an issue is cleansed of his issue, and he shall number to himself seven days for his cleansing, and wash his clothes, and bathe his flesh in running water, and shall be clean. It's funny how God says, wash your flesh in running water. You know, there was a time when these folks, uh, even when, when they would wash, uh, they would wash in just a bucket, right? They would use the bucket and someone else would come and use the same bucket. Uh, and that's not running water. That's standing water. Again, and that's not getting rid of germs. Uh, that's just removing yeah. uh, whatever liquids are on your hands. But the germs are still there. As a matter of fact, you're introducing more germs. Uh, by not having running water. And then we learned, of course, we need to have running water. But God said that. Yeah. We're, we've got about four minutes left okay. here. We're All right. running out of time. And so, okay. listen, there are 50 to 60 other scientific facts in the Amen. Bible. Amen. I think you've got a couple more here. Yes. But let's just hit um, mm-hmm. the last two here quickly. Okay. Go ahead. And I want to make sure we spend a, a minute or two on the last one. Go ahead. The fourth one you have down here is fulfilled prophecies. Amen. Amen. And... Um, um, in the back of my Thompson Chain Reference Bible, mm-hmm. I have a long list of all of the prophecies that Jesus himself yes. fulfilled. Amen. Um, hundreds of prophecies yes. that have come through. In fact, every prophecy uh, that uh, was to be, every prophecy in the Old Testament up through the first coming of Christ, all of those, every one of those was fulfilled to the letter of the law. Amen. Uh, Amen. And then there's a whole uh, litany of prophecies that have to do with the second coming of Christ, That's right. the, uh, the rapture and Amen. the tribulation period. So, fulfilled prophecies. The last one that you have here, yes. I want to make sure we spend a minute or two on Go this ahead. one, uh, is changed lives. Yes, absolutely. Boy, that one's huge, isn't it? That's tremendous. That's probably the biggest testimony of all. You know, it's good to know the science and how it confirms the Bible. It's good to know fulfilled prophecies and specific ones, the birthplace of the Lord and uh, how the, the Lord you know, would be conceived. All of that was fulfilled, uh, and many, many more that you've mentioned. And, but we look at the people whose lives have been touched by this book. I look at my own life and how this book has affected me. I look at the, wife, the, excuse me, the life of my wife, the life of my children, the life of my mother, my family. I look at friends who uh, I knew growing up, and we, we grew up in an unsaved atmosphere, unsaved home. Uh, friends that we partied together. We did unthinkable things together. And they're saved now. They know the Lord. Uh, and they're, they're different. And that's just, a, that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, you think about the billions and billions of people that have been influenced by this book whose lives have been changed. Not just, not just turning over a new leaf. Uh, not just developing a new habit. Uh, not just changing 
for the time. I mean, they have been transformed. Yeah. The, the lady who had the Bible and prayer taken out of the public school, Marilyn... Uh, Murray O'Hare, I think is her yeah. name. Yeah. Um, she was a devout atheist. Yeah. And uh, she, she, was, she had this changed lives argument put in front of her once. And she said, I have no argument for a changed life. That's right. I have no argument there is none. against that. There is none. And um, we're in, in ministry. Yes. And if you're listening in this morning and you're saved, uh, especially if you're saved in your late teen years and older, you know what it means to have God's Word radically change your life. And if you're not uh, saved, if you've not yet come to the conclusion that you need to put your faith and trust in Christ, boy, the preponderance of evidence of people whose lives have been radically transformed. Amen. Um, uh, you, you have to figure out what you're going to do with that. That's right. You, you, you can't just dismiss it out of hand. can't brush that under the rug. You can't. You can't. You can't. And, and, and that's, a, that's probably the most powerful testimony in and of itself. The Bible is a living, breathing book that is, it was written in heaven before, the heavens, before our earth was ever created, Amen. written by God before the earth, earth was ever created, and it remains relevant. Yeah. Amen. On every level, even today. Yes, indeed. Yes, We're going to look at parenting and, and uh, marriage yes. over the next several weeks in church. And the go-to manual is the Bible. Is the Bible. The Word of God. Amen. Even in the 21st century. That's right. E- even in the midst of all the technology. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, I guess that's about our, all the time that we have for this morning. And uh, I'm glad that you were paying attention to the clock, Pastor, because I totally... I uh, got lost. Oh, I, I thought, wow, we're, we better uh, be careful here. I, you and I could have gone on with this topic further. It, it's a t- tremendous, tremendous uh, discussion. Uh, we hope that it's been a blessing to you. We have other proofs here in our, in our notes that we weren't able to share with you. If you're interested in that, just let us know. Uh, we'd be more than glad to share those with you. We'd be happy to email, email you the notes if it helps you. So thanks again for joining us. We'll be starting here in, in just about 15 minutes with our morning worship service. God bless you. Thanks for joining us.